This is a diet of Brussels. What powers do member states have to block uh, pieces of legislation or developments in the EU? Now, this uh, episode is coming to you from the departure lounge at Vienna Airport, where I'm uh, waiting for a flight to take me to uh, a workshop in Moldova, where I hope to record a few more episodes uh, for you. Um, and it's prompted by flying over Luxembourg on the way from uh, the UK. Um, Luxembourg is emblematic uh, of this question because it's the site of the uh, 1966 Luxembourg Compromise, which uh, basically established uh, in the early days of uh, European integration uh, the notion that where member states felt their vital national interests were at risk, that they could put a block uh, on a uh, decision, even if it was supposed to be taken by majority. Now, this came out of uh, French concerns, particularly, uh, about changes to the way that uh, agricultural policy was going to be uh, funded and run. But it's something which other member states uh, accepted as a uh, useful concept, um, admittedly after a bit of uh, toing and froing uh, during what was known as the empty chair crisis, when... Uh, French uh, officials uh, and ministers refused to take any part in the, the EEC's uh, doings. Now, this is a very much nominal power rather than a, a real one. No countries actually invoked uh, this uh, uh, right um, during the uh, EEC's time. Uh, the closest that it happened uh, was in the 1980s where Margaret Thatcher started to talk about it, but then uh, in the face of being unable to articulate what national interest might be at risk uh, in the particular case, was uh, essentially told that this wasn't uh, an appropriate use of that concept. However, it's something which has cast a long shadow over uh, the European system. From 1966, uh, European institutions became a lot more cautious about what they might do, particularly the European Commission, which is the only body that can propose legislation. And it became a lot more aware that it had to take account of what was likely to be acceptable to member states, not simply what it thought uh, was right. So uh, it reigned in its ambitions, it became a lot more consultative, and I think we could argue that that was a good thing in terms of ensuring the uh, long-term development of the system. However, this is something which is uh, a relevant question uh, in this referendum debate because one of the queries is, you know, what, what kind of emergency break do we have? Well, now I think we've got a, a number of different uh, elements. One is that... Uh, even if the Luxembourg Compromise is not uh, invoked, um, there still is a notion that member states try not to leave anyone out in the cold. And even if we do have majority decisions uh, on most areas, uh, except for the most sensitive ones, um, there is an effort on the part of the council, which is where the member states come together, to try and reach agreements that are going to be at least uh, tolerable for all member states. So even if uh, a member state can't support it actively, uh, there's no point in uh, reaching an agreement which it, it can't then implement or won't then implement because that merely creates more problems than it solves. You also have uh, now the uh, yellow card system uh, that was introduced at the Treaty of Lisbon 
uh, six years ago, which says that if a third of national parliaments raise uh, queries about a piece of legislation, that then the uh, Commission will uh, review its proposal uh, and uh, go back and consult. Now, that's not the same as a block, but certainly it's indicative of the way in which the rights of national actors have become more important. At the same time, a country tends not to have the right to veto anything, certainly not under a majority uh, or a qualified majority system. And uh, even in that yellow card system, you've got to get uh, a whole bunch of other national parliaments to agree with you, which is uh, uh, difficult at best. And this really highlights one of the, the key challenges that the integration system faces, which is that in trying to balance uh, the needs of the collective, uh, the needs of an individual state uh, sometimes uh, get subsumed. And that's something which uh, I think we'll see again and again will be an issue in this referendum campaign as uh, people try to decide whether that cost is worth the benefit of collective action.